Welcome beautiful people to the Don't Panic podcast. This is a podcast that takes you on a journey through the eyes of the creatives here in Scotland. Join me, Lucy, as I sit down with friends, family, creatives and industry professionals to discuss the complexities of being a creative person living right here in Scotland. From childhood to adulthood, career to personal passions and current events to mental health, We'll be diving deep into the ups and downs of being a Scottish creative with plenty of laughs and inspiration along the way. So sit back, relax, learn and relate as we explore all aspects of Scottish life, one conversation at a time. Right, okay, so I'm going to start. So hi Fiona. Hi. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. I'm really happy to be here. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. And thank you for having me in your home. It's lovely. And meeting your cat. Gorgeous. I know. I'll get pictures of him up on <laughs> up on my story for anyone if they see a grey cat. It's, absolutely done. Yeah, absolutely. But um but yeah, so we are gonna I'm gonna get started, I'm gonna read your little intro. Oh, um so in this episode we delve into the career of Fiona Walker. From her early days as a junior designer for Wilson's to her artistic ventures at Timorous Beasties, Fiona's career is one I can't wait to dive into. We will also be taking a trip down memory lane to where we met and lived together in Galashiels. Think 1am pulling out our hair over uni projects and drunken nights in the only club in town. <laughs> Warehouse. Uh, Fiona's journey is an inspiring example of pursuing your passions, being as she is one of the only people I know that studied textiles and actually does textiles. Fiona's experience and career is a true reflection of her talent and creativity. Oh, Welcome! Oh, so nice. Well, you. you're a talented wee bitch, so <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've got lots to talk about, but the first thing we do is, which we didn't discuss before, so hopefully oh, surprise, surprise, <laughs> is if you've got um, a life mantra of any life sort, mantra. anything that you like live by, keeps you going, something you might say to yourself uh, to get you through the day. <laughs> so I had a wee think about this last night. Um, mm-hmm. If there's not really a quote or a mantra that really like sticks in my brain, like mm-hmm. I'm not like quotes, quotes kind of gal. Mm. But... I would say that something that I try try and live by is taking things one step at a time. Yeah. And always breaking things down into more manageable pieces because mm-hmm. it can get really overwhelming if you have like a massive to-do list or, you know, and it's quite vague as well. You yeah. You have to be really specific with what you need to do that day mm-hmm. and then just, you know, break it all down, make it seem a lot more manageable and you'll be way less stressed. Absolutely. That's actually, my mum says that. That's one of the things she always says to me is, um, how do you, what did she say? She's like, how do you eat an elephant yeah. one bit at a time <laughs> instead of looking at the whole thing? So, <laughs> there you go. How do you eat an elephant? <laughs> but yeah, no, it is because it's very easy to get overwhelmed by like the bigger picture. Totally, yeah. I think, and especially in creative land as well, mm. when creative doesn't always strike straight away, you might need to go and take five minutes, let the brief sort of digest. And- yeah you know mull it over before you get stuck into it so it's always good to write a list and then just break it down break it down until it seems really manageable Manageable. yeah 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 yeah. love it and so well we're gonna go back (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna take it right back um to your childhood and (laughs) yeah what were you like as a child were you like a creative kid 
did you what did you get up to what did I get up to <laughs> um, I was a creative kid it was more I wouldn't say it was so much arts and crafts mm-hmm. I would say it was more like I loved reading and writing and mm-hmm. scrapbooking more so nice um when I was in primary I think primary two me and my friend we started um making books for the school library oh this is so and cute we would, like, <laughs> and we would illustrate them and then we'd glue them all together and we'd go and sit them in the library and like look at them and be like is anyone gonna check out that books? is so <laughs> cute it's really sweet um i love doing stuff like that um, what would they be about i can't even remember but there was one i did find one mm-hmm. um or my mum found it i can't remember but it was about <laughs> it was about a neighborhood watch that were all cats and they would like <laughs> the local residents that would be like, Oh, an old man's fallen over and like pick them off or whatever. But yeah, Very like, creative. Daft little stories like that. Um so we would make these books. There was a girl that started, I think it was in primary three. Mm-hmm. And she kind of became pals with me and my pal that were had this wee business and we were like running our books and like doing all that for the library and then they were like oh can I join in? And me and my pal were like we are gonna have to audition. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> like we were like we don't know if you can draw. There's like in. yeah here's a brief. Yeah. Take it home. Bring it back yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> you ran tight shit. She did so all funny. these drawings and we were like, mm, I don't know, maybe you should do the gluing for a bit. And, you know, like, <laughs> That's amazing. But, um, did she get in eventually? She get in eventually. Yeah, I'm passed sure. the test. <laughs> <laughs> Little entrepreneurs. I know. And it was quite, I mean, we put a lot of thought into it. Like, we called them fire books because I was Fiona and her name was Rebecca. We took the first two name, <laughs> letters of our name, called them fire books, and we had a little bonfire logo. Oh my god! Shut up! That is so cute. How old were you? Six or seven. Oh my god! That's amazing. I love. I love doing stuff like that. I was yeah. always into books and getting magazines, cutting them up. Yeah. Writing wee stories, getting daft things in my diary, all that. Did you have an interest for like? like clothing you're saying scrapbooking and magazines was it yeah, was that the kind of focus on that definitely um when I was a bit older I got more into the sort of girly like fashion magazines mm. it started off do you remember like girl talk yeah and, like, yeah yeah like, oh yeah. my god yeah so I'd get them and I'd cut them all up but I would have uh I had a like a film like an old school film camera mm-hmm. and I'd go about taking pictures of my pals and then I'd get my mum to develop them at Boots amazing and I would like cut them up and I would like put them with the, the fashion images and stuff and make little collages that's so cute do you still have any of this uh, probably in my mum's loft for mm-hmm. like, I'm oh my god you should <laughs> that would be so cute and nostalgic I know so yeah I was I was definitely into that I was definitely into clothes i was very particular about clothes mm-hmm. as well um, but you've always been very well dressed okay. so were you, were you like that as a child as well, well <laughs> you're like i'm I very specific about what i wanted to wear right what I didn't want to wear. yeah um we went on this school trip in primary seven uh, to Aaron. and we all had to it was like the whole p7 class and we had to stay in this uh, hostel and they gave you an outfit that you had to wear when you were going out and doing the activities. Mm-hmm. And I refused to wear it. 
<laughs> the guy was like, you can't be serious. He's like, I'm wearing my own jacket. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I am I'm not. not okay, no. <laughs> what was it? Was it my mum when she was like, she's refusing to wear the clothes. And I was like, mum, it's fine. She can wear her own, her own jacket. Oh my um, God, that's so, so funny. You knew what you wanted. I knew what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Also, the guy, he took a real dislike to me, no wonder, because I was just <laughs> sassy all the time. <laughs> but um, everyone in the morning, he would make up these flasks of like hot orange juice or hot black orange juice. And mm-hmm. he was like, what do you want? And I was like, I have a tea and two sugar. <laughs> You like, honestly can't be serious. Like, what are you? How old were you then? Uh, that must have been, that was primary seven. So that was That's so funny. Uh, 10? Yeah, I don't know. 10? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is so funny. You're very mature. Yeah. I've, like I, a cup of tea. Yeah. You know, I was such a granny. Like I loved a cup of tea and watching Neighbours. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I mean, to be fair, I used neighbors to, yeah, I used to drink tea and watch EastEnders with yeah. my mum. So yeah. I mean, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, it was a time. Yeah. Um, oh, I love that. And so you were saying your mum would help you develop your pictures and things where your parents are very supportive of yeah. your creativity and like what you wanted to yeah, get up to like when I like skipping on a bit but when I was in high school and I said that I wanted to do art or like something in design as a job like they were very supportive of that they were yeah like, I just want you to have a job that you enjoy and you know that that makes you happy like we're not bothered about pushing for you to do the academic stuff mm, great you could tell that it wasn't, wasn't for me wasn't like, my thing yeah so, you're like it'll be a disaster yeah, so don't yeah too bad <laughs> and and when so what high school did you go to so i went to quinn academy right i don't know it's that oh is it <laughs> right okay we had um i mean again skipping on a wee bit but in first and second year we had our own police officer oh really for the school quite rough then yeah yeah and stop us from throwing well not us i mean i was not involved yeah (laughs) yeah throwing like stones and stuff at the other school buses oh okay that used to happen in my school as well yeah it was it was yeah yeah character building uh-huh were you like avoid all conflicts like oh yeah i was, I was, like, I was the same floats, like under the radar mm-hmm. uh, wear all the track suits and blend 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 blend, blend in, yeah <laughs> i'll be a chav but like yeah, don't touch I'll, I'll be a chav for the next couple of years just oh. to keep myself safe yeah. <laughs> i was exact same was so confused when i went into first year and i was mm-hmm. like i really need a track suit and they were like you same. hate the outdoors and i was and you hate sports like why are you yeah. in all this sportswear and i was like i just i need it to fit in you don't understand totally yeah especially when your heart's not in it either you don't even like it you don't even want to wear it <sighs> yeah you're like i just have to to fit in in. yeah yeah exactly because was your school our school was very like you had to wear a certain like if you weren't wearing these specific things you'd just get bullied oh well you just put a target on your back yeah just be like you know you just stick out and then people would pick on you so Mm -hmm. you have to just kind of blend in got a bit better maybe like third and fourth year when people start to leave yes (laughs) that it does get better yeah and then so it got a bit better and kind of wear your own thing and then that's when i started like was it school uniform Uh uh-huh but it was very very lax yeah yeah we could just wear whatever we wanted right as long as you were wearing a tie Mm-hmm. It didn't really matter. And mm-hmm. at times I had my tie in my school bag because <laughs> I was like, this doesn't go with my outfit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we had to wear our ties. It was. Okay. But you'd wear it, you'd make them really short. Really the short, really short, yeah, fat ones. Yeah. You'd be like, eh, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> all the way down, so you can probably see it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, but so 
Uh, so was the like art department and everything was it was it good yeah the art department was really good Mm -hmm. I had a teacher she was called Mrs Rennie and I just thought she was the coolest um she studied textiles I think at Glasgow School of Art I might be wrong but Mm -hmm. I think it was and um she was really into fashion she always dressed really well and she had like a big huge wall in her classroom that was just all vintage Vogue magazines oh wow and I was just like oh that's cool. I want that to be my house. Yeah. Like, that's so cool. And um, my friend that I went to uni with uh, is actually now an art teacher at the same department. Oh, wow. And I told her that. And then she went and told the teacher, like, oh, Fiona really liked your wall of balls. <laughs> she thought it was so she's cute. still there? Yeah, she's oh, still wow. there. That's... Her husband, Mr. Rennie, was also an art teacher. Oh, wow. And I had him as well. He was really good. But he was obsessed with... Um... Did you ever do that thing where you would have to carve an image into polystyrene and then they would like roller print on top of it and then you'd have to do all the the print yes yeah yeah just doing that which is quite funny because now i actually do print but at the time i was like this is it's kind of like is it lino printing yeah it's you'd like carve your picture backwards into the polystyrene yes and then you put like a color on top and then do like a it was like a screen print like just a really basic, basic. yeah yeah um, but i remember at the time being like oh he's getting the polystyrene <laughs> i don't want to do that it's not my yeah, bag it's not my thing but no it is my thing <laughs> <laughs> funnily enough so when you were in high school you're obviously in art did you want to apply for uni and go to uni straight from school or you wanted oh, no. to have a break no what was your kind my of train of was all over all over the shop yeah so i left school in fifth year Mm-hmm. with intentions of going to do textiles and fashion at college but then for some reason like my parents kind of convinced me to go back and get more hires so okay. I was like all right okay I'll go back for six years. How many hires did you have? I only had art and English right okay I just didn't study and I probably could have got more like I just wasn't in it like, no I fair wasn't academically minded math and science and stuff like that I was absolutely shocking same I had to drop out of biology and um, sat in the class and used to just draw stuff for art while everyone was doing laps and stuff around me. That was terrible. Um, so yeah, I only got art and English. And my mum was like, oh, maybe you want to go back and get a couple more hires like for getting into uni or whatever. And I was like, fair. Mm-hmm. So I went back for six years. It lasted two months. And I was like, oh, I hate this. I just right. wanted to leave. So then I got a job. And I was only like, what, 16, 17? Mm-hmm. And I worked in this office. It was a haulage company. A what? <laughs> like, you know, like lorries and that. Oh, like... <laughs> <laughs> What were you doing? <laughs> so it was all analogue. Nothing was digitised. Wow. So it was like boxes full of receipts for, for stuff getting delivered. And my job was to scan them in. <laughs> <laughs> so I Good guess... for you for getting a job. Yeah, <laughs> My pay was £3.94 an hour. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. But I paid for my girls' holiday with my pals in six years, so mm-hmm. it's fine. Um, but <laughs> as, yes, I, I did that. <laughs> I was literally the same when I worked at Snacks. I think I was on, like, £4.50 
maybe less than that an yeah. hour I managed to save up to go to Magaluf yeah have no <laughs> have no idea how it takes like four hours to make a tenner yeah. like how yeah. are you <laughs> do you know what I mean like how did you how did we save up for holidays holidays were cheaper though back then we went well they were yeah I think it was like Faladaki Greece that we went to and uh-huh. it was like 300 quid all in or something yeah so I was like different times <laughs> anyway so we did that for a bit and then at the same time I was getting my portfolio together because I was really obviously wanting to go to college yeah and um, get an HND and then get into second year hopefully Mm -hmm. um, at art school so I did that um which was what what college were you at I went to Cordonald College. Right, yeah. Yeah, and just did the fashion textile course. Mm-hmm. It was really good, actually. Enjoyed it. Yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Um, the embroidery stuff, like the kind of stuff with your hands, I wasn't as good at. Mm-hmm. Like, it was more the screen printing aspect that I really liked. Yeah. Um, and more like creating the actual finished product. I couldn't be bothered with the process. Right, fair. You know when you're doing a project and it's like the research stage and then there's the actual design stage yeah. and then there's the presentation stage where yeah. you're taking all the elements and making it look nice uh-huh. like for, for the end use that's the bit that I enjoy right the middle bit that's like the graft of like actually going and screen printing or whatever I just can't be bothered I I, I, like I totally get you because yeah. like I the idea of screen printing yeah and then the actual doing it I'm too impatient and if it goes wrong and you have to start all over again, again. uh huh, and that's just too much pressure for me because yeah. I make mistakes. Yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> um, that's why I love Photoshop. Yeah, whoops. You could be on your fifth layer of color and then fuck it up. Fuck it up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I totally get you because I did the, the HND as well at college, not Cardona, oh. but in in Edinburgh. So it would have been, I imagine, similar. M- modules and yeah, all that stuff yeah, yeah. it's a good like it's a good course good course yeah yeah, yeah. Kind of way to find your feet we tried a bit mm-hmm. of everything it was like a bit of print yeah we did i mean weave is a very loose term like we made our <laughs> own, like looms with like oh wow um, that's cool what's it called like a photo frame mm-hmm. and then you would put the nails in either side and you would kind of just do your own weave mm. but I'd, I'd, for some reason my brain just does not work like that and it was just no i'd use very very chunky yarns mm-hmm. and like bits of leather and stuff like that to actually even get my brain around how to do it like it was just not no no I I, I know exactly what you mean I remember in second year at uni we did the remember you would do a mix of the different like weave print knitting all that and then we had the uh, classes with um what was her name the teacher oh Dan May Dan May yeah, yeah it was with Dan yeah. May and uh, I loved Dan May. Love, we stand Dan May. <laughs> but she would do the weaving and the knitting, and yeah. I was like, I do not understand this. Yeah. It's like way too mathematical. Oh my God, totally. <laughs> do you remember that lab class that we did, and you were like kitted out basically in like hazmat suits, yes. goggles, your you know, face mask, gloves? Yeah. And essentially it was just a bit of fabric in a beaker, and then they were putting this stuff in, and you're like, oh my God, is this going to burn through my hands? Yeah. Like, it's just bleach. Yeah. <laughs> Just bleaching a bit of fabric, <laughs> and they're like, like suit up, up. hazard suits, <laughs> yeah. like yeah, it was insane. bit bit over the top. Okay. Um, <laughs> but anyway, jumping around. So yeah, you enjoyed college, and then was it just apply from uni from there? And I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't completely smooth sailing. Yeah. Um, 
I did my college course, but I had to reset my graded unit because it just I wasn't it just wasn't a great time in my life and you mm-hmm. know it was stuff was going on. Yeah, I just absolutely tanked my graded unit and I had to reset it. Shim. So I was in the same year as Christy. Yeah, um, and then she went off to gala. And I got a conditional for Gala, so I just deferred it for a year. Right. Like, right I'll oh, so and... you would have been in our year? Yeah, yeah, totally would have. I probably knew that, but yeah, that's uh, that's wild. I sometimes think about that and I'm like, because at the time I was like, oh my God, the world's ending kind of thing. I uh-huh. went to uni with my pals. But actually it worked out so well because I've still got friends from my year at uni. Yeah. And I made, you know, such... Friends for life. Totally. Mm-hmm. Like, and I met so many amazing people, like... And I had the best of both worlds because you guys were in the year above, so you could give me tips. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, actually, and all the lectures and stuff as well, and be like, they really like this, and they really, you know. Yeah, like you that. kind of had a bit of like foresight yeah. into totally what was coming. Like, the inside scoop, mm. you guys. So it actually, good point. Out really well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and we all got to live together as well. Yeah. So, so it's great. I, I mean, it's hard when other things can get in the way and mess up your totally. direction but obviously everything works out for a reason it does yeah yeah and I did. once I got into uni like I, that was it was good to have a sort of goal to work towards sure because that year when I was resetting my graded unit I was working at this hotel which I mean I could do a whole podcast that <laughs> hotel, oh god um, and then I was resetting my grades unit at the same time, but because I had that as like a goal in mind and I'd already got into uni, so I just needed to get a pass and I just needed to do it. So it was it was good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um Right, okay, so we'll jump into mm-hmm. Harriet Watt. Harriet Watt. So as you said, you were the year below. Yeah. Um, but you went into second year? Yeah, from the I HND? Got, yeah, got direct entry in. It was weird because everyone had to, apparently everyone had to do an interview. Did you have to do an interview to get into that course? I assume so. I'm I, trying to remember I, I, what I, it was now. Like, I, they, they never asked me to go down or anything like that. They just said, oh yeah, if you get a pass, you can come in. Oh, really? And then I, I remember God, you know saying what? that to Mark and he was like, what? Uh, he was like, you must have slipped through the cracks. <laughs> that's so funny (laughs) yeah I must have done an interview you know what I can't even remember now but I'd never been in gala the first time that I went to gala was like my first day really did you so you didn't do the tour or anything no I definitely did the the tour no I didn't have any of that so I I just went oh that's you just slipped right in (laughs) (laughs) through the cracks you're like I'm here now (laughs) don't ask me anything I'm just here. So. Oh, well, there you go. I know. So, yeah, I got into direct entry into second year. Mm-hmm. Um, by that, but it was quite good because by that point, resetting the graded unit, I'd got to know a couple of girls from Cardonald yeah. that were in that year and they were also going to gala. Mm-hmm. So, I had a bit of a, a base for like who would be in my class and stuff like that. So That's good. Yeah. yeah. And then, so did you move to gala for your, fir- for your first year? Or were you travelling? No, no, we we moved to Gala. Me and Kirsty went on this flat hunt with our parents. I don't know if I told... Do you know about any of this? No. Maybe. Um, <laughs> like was, yeah, we're, we, we're going back a few years now, you know? <laughs> like, my memory's <laughs> shot. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Something mental like that. Um, yeah, so I knew that I was going to live with uh, Kirsty and Carmen. Mm. They are already like, we'll find a flat that's got like three bedrooms or whatever. And then... 
my parents went down to have a look and I think I was working or something so I couldn't go and there was just nothing. It was just like... Everything full. Everything was full. Yeah. And then it just so happened that they were out for lunch and the waitress that was serving them was like, oh, I know a guy that's converting his office into flats for students. Mm -hmm. She was like, you should go and speak to him. I don't even think he's advertised it or anything yet. So they went round to see him and it was that Sinclair guy that owns... Channel. Channel House. Chanel House. Chanel House. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and then w- went and seen the flat, obviously, and I was beside myself. I was like, this is stunning. Yeah. Like, I can't believe it. It was such a good flat. I, I couldn't believe how nice it was. Like, mm-hmm. everyone that I knew was kind of staying in a, like... Shitholes. <laughs> for want of a better word. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I was, like, absolutely landed on my feet. So, you know, it, it was good. You went for the flat, but obviously there was three of you and you needed a fourth, right? So that was that? Yes, yeah, so that's what it was. So it was like, um, yeah, so we knew that it would be me, Christy and Carmen. And then there was another room and we were like, we can find someone to fill a room. That's no problem. Mm-hmm. So there was a guy that we kind of had in mind and we're like, it, he was like up for staying there, but then decided last minute he didn't want to come to gala. And we were like, oh no, we're just going to have to split the rent three ways or whatever. I mean, the rent was nothing when you actually think about it. Yeah. But at the time, it was like, oh no. Yeah. Students. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Ah, yeah, exactly. Freaking out. So we were like, we might need to just split it three ways and then we'll find someone when we start uni. Like, there'll be someone that needs a room. Yep. Yep. Um, and then you were It was me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It worked out so well. Yeah, I know. Because I didn't know any of yous. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. so it was a total, it was a total risky move. But I remember, obviously, uh, Kirsty and Carmen were in my year uh-huh. and in my little bit, yeah. but I didn't know them at I all. Not, I thought you were Like, not really. I hung out with other people the f- first year. Right, okay. And then, because, um, I mean, I was just like a shy freak, so I didn't... <laughs> Weren't we all? Uh, were we all, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so, like, I'd kind of, spoke to them a wee bit uh-huh. but like I really didn't know them and then when I seen that you were advertising and I'd been thinking about moving because I was traveling from like Edinburgh together the first year and that was oh, before the trains I was bussing it that X95. oh my god it was the X oh. <laughs> triggered yeah. um, like carrying all your shit and like yeah it was an absolute nightmare yeah. so I remember seeing I was like you know what I'm gonna take the risk and it was like the best thing ever because yeah the flat was amazing yeah, we all got on so well worked out really well for all of us yeah. um but and yeah so when you started uni you the first year you kind of get to try out different things mm-hmm. obviously print was more you you went towards print yeah I, th- I actually can't remember I can't remember doing any weave or knit I don't think we did that in second year I, no it was more the lecture yeah it. yeah it was just yeah. kind of like an introduction to it and I was like that doesn't sound like that's for me I yeah think. I just like I like love it though. I like I looking it. at it yeah. and I like can appreciate it. Totally. But I'm like, how you do it? I don't know. I feel like they must have math brains. Yeah. And I don't. No. So, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So printing appealed to you. you yeah, were... yeah, definitely. Um print did appeal to me and I think what I really like about print is that there's so many applications for it. It can literally be applied to interiors fashion packaging you know sculpture like it can it can literally translate into any different medium and yeah. I think that's what I really like about it that you can draw something and it can have so many different uses mm-hmm. and can be used across so many different things uh, so yeah I, I really enjoyed that but I did think 
when I started at uni I was very much like I want to work in fashion 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 and Mm -hmm. then didn't really do anything in in any interior related projects Mm -hmm. well when you got to choose I think sometimes they made you do interiors for certain modules but I would always kind of sway towards the fashion yeah more so yeah I wonder why because I was the same yeah I wonder if it just felt a little bit more I think it felt a bit more contemporary because yeah the, yeah the interiors I think when you don't know much about interiors your first thought is sort of florals and tweens and that was what I, I mean I think <laughs> yeah I mean and I think I've said this already but that was very pushed at Harriet Watt like the yes. kind of very it was quite commercial commercial yeah, yeah uh-huh they didn't it was like they wanted you to be experimental but in a kind of conservative way like they mm-hmm. it was as long as it fitted into this box if you were totally. trying to be experimental in an abstract way they didn't yeah. really yeah or vibe with that they didn't get it absolutely yeah. i feel like you were very good at defining your own style at uni i can recognize your work oh okay do you know what i mean yeah and i feel I, yeah. and i always felt that that was really impressive because i was so bad at going all over the place oh. so i think it was um you could see your direction I remember your final pro. I absolutely loved your final project. Oh, thank you. And you got and Little Miss first. Little Miss first. Smashed it. You did so well oh. at uni. Was so impressed with your stuff. And I um, felt like um, I sussed. Like I don't know. I I had you guys as sort of gurus. I feel like they mm. kind of led me through. Like, well, this is going to be your pro. You know, you're going to get these projects. And yeah. They like this kind of thing. So I was getting a lot of help from you guys because it was like tips on you know what well, was coming up but I'd in fourth year um I just totally was just like I'm just gonna do my own thing if it works it works if yeah it doesn't, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. but I was quite fixated on I need to do really well um to the point where maybe like neglected social life a little bit well but we all kind of did like, yeah like we were just in the flat it was constant it was constant work it was constant and that was the thing most of the memories that I've got of living in that flat was just all of our work everywhere <laughs> fabric scraps absolutely all over the flat kitchen living yeah on deadlines I just remember like ironing samples at, like one in the morning that iron. <laughs> I can remember, like, we had this tiny little TV and it had, yeah. like, always had, like, Kirsty wants to put peak show on. So yeah. So if you were in the background, you'd be ironing something. <laughs> Kirsty would be, like, got expandex or puffs all over the kitchen cabinets. Like, yeah. Like, drying it. It's, like, sitting frantically trying to draw something. It was just mad. It was. It was. And yeah. it was, uh, but it was like it was fun, great, it was yeah. Fun. But it was full on, like it, it. Yeah. There was no social life really. No. We did go out like a handful of times because, yeah. as I was saying in in the intro, Gala's tiny, and there was like one or two clubs, and that yeah. was kind of it. The strip, the strip, yeah, the Gala, <laughs> the Gala strip. And we did go out because, because well, the thing was, is we went home a lot on weekends, yeah, and so we weren't actually. Able yeah. to socialise much over the weekend, no. but when we did, we were in work mode. Yeah, week yeah, and, and then... but then when we did go out, mm-hmm. it was like hilarious. God, it was so much fun. Like it was so because there was two clubs that were like essentially next door to each other. Yeah, yeah, and you could leave your jacket in one and just <laughs> jump between the two. It's brilliant, yeah. and it was so cheap. It was so cheap, and, and it was just like the club looked like someone's living room. Yeah, one of them looked like someone's living room, and then the other one looked kind of like an abandoned warehouse. I thought that was the vibe they were going for, but it remi- it just reminded me of a club that you'd go to 
on holiday and because it's so cheap the music's just like pop like music that you can just like sing along to and whatever and then Uh, just chart music chart music yeah yeah. yeah. and you don't know anyone yeah exactly so you can just make an ad so i mean we were just like rolling around the floors like (laughs) just being actual freaks like and it didn't matter like it was it was fine yeah it's so it's so fun but um yeah the shit the shit was good times and we were like two minutes away as well yeah just walk there were you there the night that me and kirsty got put in the back of the no, I got put in the back of the police car. Yeah, you were there, but we. <laughs> I away, I <laughs> yeah, I like. I literally um, exposing myself on the pod. Uh, like Lucy's got previous. I know. <laughs> I was charged. I've got a criminal record. Um, no, me and Kirsty like were stupid peeing in the street, literally beside our flat. We all. All you needed to do was go up one flight of stairs. I know. I just we were bursting. We were absolutely bursting, and I was so drunk. And then I did not partake. I was like, but like, but like the. Kirsty finished before me and then literally she She was a pro. I know, she, she was like in and out. Yeah. And then pulled up her trousers and then yeah. I was still peeing and then a police car comes around the corner and was like, put me in the fucking back of the police car. It was ridiculous. They were like, I remember them being like, um, what would your parents say? Oh, no. I was like, they'd tell me I was an idiot. I'm like, I'm 24 years old. That's a ridiculous thing yeah. to ask. <laughs> I was like, just give me the fine. Yeah. I'll, I'll pay it. Yeah. Two feet. Because they were like, where do you live? And I was like, there. <laughs> I know. I know. I think it was like a 40 quid fine I had to pay. Yeah. For peeing in the street. Oh, I know. Anyway. <laughs> but it was... Um, yeah it was but I think that's the thing when you were we were away like I said it felt like because you don't know anybody you kind of feel like you're on holiday yeah you feel like you're like on holiday and you can just be a bit of a ridiculous person oh 100% Um, I used to but like I was ridiculous in general because (laughs) Gala taxis were only like two times right were they they were like two or three pounds you'd always get (laughs) a taxi to uni because I was like well it's essentially just like getting a train fare or a bus I mean jump in a, t- in a cab you're not wrong my pals would be like lugging their a1 folders like up that hill to uni and i'd be like oh my god yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> love that you're like regular yeah um i mean it was a great experience like, i love I, gala i love gala I, you know it gets a it gets a bad rep i think with city people if they go down and they're like live expecting a city environment and do you know what I mean sure like, it's not week or whatever like you're not gonna get that in no Canada, but no there's a real sense of like community and like with your with your um class and stuff like yeah that, because you just make your own fun like you have like house parties and you just yeah, yeah well it's there's still like uni lifestyle going on it's exactly. just it's just like gala itself isn't the the I don't know the, the it's not the epicenter yeah all things. <laughs> yeah but yeah. like the uni was great our flat was great. Yes. We all had a great time. Was, so yeah, it that, good. it was a good time. It I mean, made it we good. stayed up far too. We, I mean, I did no work in the actual studio in, in uni. Neither, I really. I all home mm-hmm. and then we'd just be up to stupid o'clock with you guys, like, doing work. I know. We probably could have got it done in the studio, but that environment, I just, 
couldn't do it. I felt like it was very, everyone was looking at everyone's walls. Oh, what are you up to? How much have you done? And I was just like, oh, I can't, can't be bothered. I, I just want to go and do it at home. Did you do a lot of screen printing or were you mainly digital? We did screen printing in second and... For your final? A bit of it, no, no, it was all digital. All digital. Yeah, I was... Yeah, no, digital print all the way, like said can make a mistake yeah and exactly. delete it <laughs> but it was all repeat patterns and that like it was like you know the mirrors literally i remember them like trying to teach us illustrator as well and i was like no i'm like no. i so wish i'd fucking just learn it yeah no totally um i quite liked i, I mean i used the screen printing bit a little bit for final project but it was um only little bits because mm-hmm. I wanted to print on leather and there was no digitally printed leather and if there was it was extortionate yeah um, yeah and um so yeah you for your final project it was more it was a little bit of screen but more digital mostly digital yeah um with Roger <laughs> Roger the do you not remember him oh the the digital, the digital print, guy. print guy oh my god yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I do remember him sheet with like I don't know, 500 like, quid on it. Uh-huh. To Roger and then, yeah, he'd rinse it. It was so expensive. So expensive. And they had such an issue with you buying fabric not from the uni. Because yeah. mind, what was that website we used to Bags use? Bags of Love. Bags. <laughs> Bags of Love, they did us Bags good. They did us really good. And it was all like that sort of poly blend nylon Aye, it stuff. wasn't like... And they were like, that's not good quality. And you'd be like, well... They're like, well, I'm skin. I know. This and is this... we are five, our Roger's like 25. Well, literally, so... I'm like, they give you student discount. Yeah. And the uni does... Like, the uni, there was... It was so expensive. So expensive. And there was like massive waiting lists. Yeah. Remember like in final year, mm-hmm. and like, you're doing your project, and that was when all the fashion students um we're getting all their stuff digitally printed as well and it would be like meters and meters because obviously you need more fabric for like making clothes and stuff because we would just make samples yeah um i mean i did make clothes for the final thing well i mean i say i made them sandra made them (laughs) Um, but yeah but it's not like we're making a collection yeah 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 so the so the cue to the digital printer it was like two months or something at one point you had to wait to get your shit back so it's like why can't i order stuff online i know like i need to do this yeah Um, but yeah the the digital printer when we were in final year there was a real issue with the magenta on it so everything came out this brown color as well That's so it was so like annoying you uh, color match everything you know you had the big color chart so yeah you'd have to color match all your stuff mm-hmm. and we wanted this really specific dusky pink and everyone was going for the same dusky pink but it was just coming out brown like every time you printed a sample and it was like so annoying quid a pop and i was like everything looks and, awful and they'll be like why is this not right yeah rather than like, understand that uh uh-huh. yeah, it's know. like sorry your facilities babe yeah but i went i took a bit of fabric back to him once and i was like mr roger i can't, I can't <laughs> submit this and he was like i'll print it for you again and i was like thank god uh, um, but he was actually he was really good he was really helpful but it was just yeah but one digital printer for a whole a university whole that is a textiles yeah. and fashion unit is is wild one like if you didn't have a your own computer like yeah there's only one mac lab with um apple computers in it and there was only like five computers in it yeah yeah that's so true (laughs) yeah it was wild um i mean some of their like don't get me wrong like their facilities are great oh no they were the print room's absolutely amazing and like all that like if you if i was screen printing more Mm -hmm. i probably would have been fine but when you're doing digital i just think like yeah they could do with another printer and they could do with 
more max. <laughs> yeah, it might be different now. I would like. I know, literally. Yeah, I really do. Like, I met so many cool people in mm-hmm. there that I'm still pals with. So it was definitely worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. So yeah, we can move past uni. So you obviously, like I said, you smashed it. You got first. You, <laughs> you absolutely smashed it. And then, and then, were you like, I want to get a job? in the industry or I want to have a break or what was your kind of train of thought after you, know you finished uni? I immediately wanted to get a job. I wanted to kind of keep that momentum. Ball rolling, um, yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did feel like, did you feel like when you went to new designers it was a bit of a confidence knock? A little bit. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, it's like a reality check of like, you know, because for me it was like I did really well in my class. Sure. But then you're against every single person's uni and you're like oh my god all these people are now looking for the same jobs as me yeah um and it was just a bit and my stuff wasn't very commercial new designers is very commercial it's like Sainsbury's and I don't know well that's a thing and obviously and all that that are kicking about and they don't want you know mental prints they just want like a nice standard linens nice velvets or whatever so yeah yeah, I totally get you. New Designers was weird. Me and Kirsty spoke about this on our episode a little bit. Because did you all get to go? No. Was it selective as we well in your year? Shortlist. Yeah. It was really like quite savage. The way it was it savage. Well. We, I actually cut that out of the episode that we did. But yeah. um, it was savage. Yeah. Cause, it was only like, because my year was really big as well. I think it was one of the biggest um, was it? years that they'd had in gala. But it was still the only the same amount of spaces for new designers. So mm-hmm. these people that were really, really talented and really good should have went, but there was just not enough space. So I think they went by grades and it was just right. actually like they went down the list and there was a cut off and that's who was getting to That go. was it. Yeah. It was just about I know. And for my listeners, uh, new designers was uh like trade show in- uh, for students, for graduates. Yeah. And they would select a certain amount of people and they'd go down to London and present your work and there yeah. would be like like you said Sainsbury's fucking next like buyers, all these people yeah buyers or like um, people from design teams would be floating about trying to um, probably just trying to steal you. your work yeah, probably they're just like well that's a nice print I'll just write that yeah, take yeah. a picture of that and take it back to work and you're so keen and so eager I know as a student, and you're I know. just so naive so you'd just be like giving away samples and stuff and Give it, you know, yeah. probably developing it and <laughs> like thank you yeah. probably um, I remember a girl when we were there she was approached by Alexander McQueen which was oh, quite impressive yeah. but I don't think anything came from it I just remember being exhausted no designers it was yeah. really like full on it was really full on and you weren't allowed to take breaks and or you were but what was it it was like it was you had to like, rotate you weren't yeah. allowed to leave the th- anything unattended yeah shifts of like having breaks and stuff but yeah. in case someone came and headhunted you or whatever. <laughs> like <laughs> shut up nobody's coming <laughs> I know it was definitely built up to be this thing that I thought we were all gonna have jobs at the end of it (laughs) yeah it just just didn't work out like that but there was also a thing where did you was it the same in your year where brands would leave postcards that says I love your stand or something like that and they'd leave it on your stand it might be, but I don't think I got one, so I don't, I don't yeah, know about it. You come back and like the person next to you's got like, oh, I love this, and then they've just walked past you. Like, oh, no, it's so it's shit. So eh? It is savage. Yeah. It is savage. So yeah, new designers is a whole experience. Yeah, 
and then you're kind of like right what next yes because like we said you think you're gonna get something from it yes. and then you're like oh no okay what what's what's the plan now i also didn't want to move to london yeah that was something i realized as well and i felt mm-hmm. like that's kind of what was expected of you or that's what maybe the lectures seen for you it's yeah in print. it's like well all the jobs are down south so you're just gonna have to move to london but i really didn't i really wanted to stay in glasgow or maybe edinburgh i just i just wanted to stay in scotland yeah for sure yeah so, same yeah. What was the plan after? So after, get up after to... uni, yeah. I got a job as a visual merchandiser at House of Fraser. Oh yeah, um, uh-huh. and I loved, that was actually one of my all-time favourite jobs. It was just so much fun. Mm-hmm. You just got to like cut about dressing up mannequins and nice outfits and doing one Visual displays. merchandising seems great fun. So good. And we started at six and finished at three. So I was home for like half three. Oh, it was just it was. I mean, it was early mornings, but at least it was fine. It's like, night. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I've I've worked shifts like that, and yeah. I prefer it. I prefer it because you've like, got your whole afternoon. Totally. And then by the time you get home, you can even have a quick nap, and then you've got your whole <laughs> evening. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the people I worked with were great, and I got I was um, what would you call it? Part time, but it was like a set amount of hours mm-hmm. um but they always needed people to do overtime so i basically worked the whole week but i was only contracted for two because they just needed me in for that time right but what that meant was they could sometimes send me down to edinburgh to do the edinburgh window mm-hmm. yeah just myself or whatever um but yeah that was that was great fun loved that but i was still kind of applying for design jobs and stuff like that on the on the side mm-hmm. that's what i actually wanted to do i wanted to work in either fashion or interiors i was mainly looking at fashion jobs at that point and then i seen a job come up for wilson's mm-hmm. but it was for a senior designer position um and i just ignored the senior yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did, and, and you got it well the, I, I got an interview right got in and then the, the lady that became my boss was like well, you have applied for the senior position, but I feel like you are just fresh out of uni. And I was like, yeah, but um, I'm not going to take you on for the position that was advertised. But what we might do is make a position uh, because we could do with an extra junior designer. And Brilliant. I was like, that's great. That suits me. Uh-huh. That's kind of what I was wanting anyway. Like, yeah. I yeah. can't be a senior. Just <laughs> I don't know how to use Illustrator. I mean, so. that, that's, that's a, actually like good advice, I think, with applying for jobs because... Yeah. Um, I'll read like a job description and I'm like, oh, I don't have that. And I don't have that. I'm not going to apply. Yes. You should just apply anyway. Yeah, I think if, I mean, don't be ridiculous with it, obviously. The bit that says essential skills, I think uh, you need to have most of them, obviously. But if one of them's like, you need to know how to work this really specific software. Yeah. They don't actually expect you to know how to work that specific software. You'll learn on the job and stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, they just put that in there. I think it's a bit of a deterrent sometimes. Yeah, and it works. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think it affects, like, not like not to be political, but I think it affects women more than men because men are a lot more likely to be like, I'm just going to apply. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like I know a lot of women that are like, oh, it said um, on maybe required skills that I need this and I don't have it, so I just didn't apply. It's yeah. like, do you know what I mean? It's like, you can chance it. No, that's point. absolutely true. We've got to think more like think like a guy you know in these situations like what would what would they do yeah they just apply just, it anyway yeah just be a bit more just put yourself out there a bit more yeah yeah so you were working at wilson's mm-hmm. what so you were a junior designer and yes. that was for you said like menswear and menswear and boys, boys wear. wear so what yeah. did that entail so 
basically um there was two different design teams at wilson's one of them was external accounts and one of them was um internal um mm-hmm. and the internal one was uh, the biggest client which was sports direct at right the time but sports direct i don't know if you're familiar with sports, <laughs> <laughs> sports direct have a lot of really amazing brands within uh the overarching company uh-huh. things like slazinger and gold digger and everlast we oh bit gold digger <laughs> that, gold that's digger. like childhood right there that was like philosophical moment mm-hmm. for gold digger and so there's like a lot of different accounts within sports direct and uh, they got divvied up between the design team yeah so obviously the senior designers got um you know the bigger accounts so like for instance there was a brand called lee cooper and mm-hmm. they just were continuously buying like basics like sweatshirts and graphic tees and stuff like that so that was like a lot more work so maybe the senior designers would work on that and um, when i started i got given a uh, everlast <laughs> boys wear which was just like tracksuits and athleisure which is really not my style at all but it's quite fun like, yeah just doing something that's well, completely... it's quite like colorful and i imagine yeah, and quite like so much more fun yeah like yeah. you can have a good time of it totally yeah yeah you can kind of um yeah you can kind of go a bit more crazy with kids wear yeah so did you have like overall was it a positive experience at wilson's was it like a good environment to work in or um it was it, i mean it was quite like an office culture right and the design team were all amazing Mm -hmm. and all the senior designers were amazing when i first started in that job i had like very i had like no knowledge of how to work illustrator and i sat next to this interior designer um and she was just so like generous with her time like she just take time out and properly show me how to do things Mm -hmm. i could sit and watch her design collections and then pick up tips from her and then i think it was within like two weeks or something like that I kind of knew the basics of Illustrator amazing yeah yeah and like um yeah watching what everyone else was doing and uh, a lot of the time for junior designers you were kind of jumping on to help the senior designers with their collections so they might you, you do things like um so you design the range all together just to get the overall look of how it's um, gonna sit together mm-hmm. um but then wait before you send it uh, off to the factories to get produced you need to do these things called tech packs where mm-hmm. you basically take every individual item and then like talk about the, what trim it's going to be and like really get into the nitty gritty of like what the design the details is. Yeah. yeah which mm-hmm. is something that I struggled with a lot because I don't come from a fashion background I had like very limited garment construction knowledge yeah so I had, like design that's something. tough that is quite tough I'd yeah something that was quite cool and then they'd be like right and how are we going to sew that together and I'd be like hey, I don't know yeah, <laughs> yeah I have no idea I have no idea but even sort of, but with that you because obviously the language barrier as well because a lot of that stuff's getting sent to like China or Bangladesh yeah to get made um you had to be very very specific and sort of show exactly what how you want it to look so I'd, I helped a lot of the senior designers do their tech packs if they didn't have enough time or whatever and put them together and that kind of gave me more insight into that area of it like there's so much to fashion design that you just don't realize like mm-hmm. even just down to like what zipper you have and are you having a number seven are you having a number do you know what I mean it's like so it's just so detailed and so in-depth like yeah. you think that you can just like mock something up and it's like oh that's gonna look great and it's like 
you need to really get into the nitty gritty of like how's that all gonna sit how's that gonna look or is it gonna button how's it gonna zip like it's just it's it's a lot i always with these sorts of conversations it just reminds me of the the whole scene in um, devil wears prada yeah. like you know when she when she does the whole speech thing about like how particular everything is and how everything is chosen for you chosen and like all that you. stuff like it it totally, it totally is yeah people don't realize how much care and attention goes into like yeah all of it. Even to, for an example, when I first started, I was helping one of the senior designers make polo shirts. Mm-hmm. It sounds very straightforward. It's like it's a polo shirt, but it's like it was. It was like all the dimensions of absolutely everything to do with that polo shirt. So it's like, how long do you want the placket? How many buttons do you want the placket to have? Is it going to have a side split? What material is it? What weight is that material? Is it within budget? It was just like so much. Wow, yeah. To think about just for one polo shirt for sports night. Yeah. Like, imagine like <laughs> everything else. I, yeah. Imagine like a fashion house or something. You know, Alexander McQueen. How much detail is going in uh-huh. to that garment? Like, like couture in that. Like yeah. it mental. Even at high street level, there's so much detail yeah. that has to be like considered. Um, when I got my first polo shirt sample, <laughs> <laughs> that day, that fateful day, <laughs> I had messed it up, and <laughs> you don't think like on your on your CAD. Um, which is like the fashion illustration you pop the logo on the chest and you're like that looks brand new fantastic mm-hmm. go, go make that but if you don't tell them specifically where you want it on the chest they'll just do it they'll just measure that to scale and be like right we'll print it there so i got this polo shirt back and the logo was halfway to <laughs> <laughs> it's meant to obviously sit in a certain place yeah and like just daft things like that like you just kind of learn as you go it's a challenge it's a big, uh, but amazing experience sounds experience. like it was really good experience so for much. you um the designers that i worked with were so incredible yeah so talented and um yeah i just i learned so much about the actual design process, like if you as an illustrator and mocking things up and making it look really professional, but I also got a lot of insight into the how to actually make a garment and mm-hmm. what goes into that and, you know, quite a lot of insight into fast fashion in general. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And I, I want to get into that a little bit more, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go um, through a couple more questions before we get to that point. So was this, was Wilson's the job that you were made re- redundant because yeah. of Brexit? yeah. That shit. Yeah, so that was at the same time as, as Jillian. Basically, it was, right. like a, it was like a last in, first out kind of scenario. Yeah, and we yeah. were just the newest. So yeah. we were like, sorry, but you need to go kind of thing. It was pretty savage the way that they did it as well. Like, right. I was off with the flu and I got a phone call being like, no. No. <laughs> I know. And then Jillian went in and they basically, it was like judges' houses and X Factor. Like, we took some people into one room and then some people into another room. And they were like, you've not made the cut, basically. You're all going home. Fuck off. Seriously. That's was, wild. pretty savage. That is savage. How did you manage that period of time? Oh, I was determined that I was going to get another job. Like, yeah. I was like, I'm not giving, like, I'm not giving up. I was doing so well there. And I was learning so much. And I just don't want to not be How- in that industry anymore. Yeah. Um, How long were you there for? a year right so yeah you were like well established there yeah yeah so and i just had an appraisal with my manager and she was telling me how great i was doing and i was like i'm gonna be a designer and then like yeah thanks but you just were one of the newest people there yeah that was was like last in first out yeah yeah yeah, that's so unfortunate and then you were then able to get a job with a like local textile designer Yes. yes um so i was quite lucky because I, as soon as I got made redundant, literally the day I got made redundant, 
I was like, I'm firing my CV out to absolutely everyone. I'm going to get my portfolio together and I'm going to get another job. Yeah. Because we were staying in a, a flat in uh, the south side. And we'd, like, we'd be only been there for like six months or something like that. And we were loving living in Glasgow. And I was like, if I don't get paid, we need to move back home. And mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to do that. I, yeah. I feel like I want to be independent. I want to have my own space and things. So I was like, basically, we got um, made redundant and it was like a month. They gave you a month's pay in lieu. So I had like a month covered. But I right. I basically had a month to find a job. Yeah. Because... If I didn't, got bills then, to pay yeah if I didn't then I couldn't pay the rent and we'd have to move out so um, I was determined I chucked my CV to absolutely everyone managed to get a couple of interviews um, one of them was for a company that was kind of just fishing to see why I'd got made redundant and why everyone at that company got me really yeah. I kind of figured that out when I went to the interview and they, all they really wanted to talk about was that and I was like <laughs> I'm not giving you the gossip like Aye, I'm this is a job, job but yeah I need a waste of my time <laughs> um, um, <laughs> so I basically I got an interview with a textile studio that was more luxury interiors based which mm-hmm. is not something that I'd done before but I was like surely it's transferable skills mm-hmm. you know I can I can maybe pick that up it was more of a, a studio manager position mm-hmm. than it was a design position but I was kind of like well, if I get my foot in the door what's to stop me from maybe getting more experience in the creative sure and it, well, once I've established myself kind of thing yeah and it was obviously it was a small studio like it was literally just me just you yeah the only so <laughs> there's no hierarchy there's no sort of junior mid-level and mm. senior. it's just you are everything everything you're doing things that an intern would do you're doing things that a senior person would do right, right, like right. An ops manager would do. Do you know what I mean? It's quite a a different environment, especially coming from a junior designer background, where you're very like mm-hmm. cushioned and you know you're kind of looked after and you're kind of only given yeah what like certain tasks that you can realistically do within that time. To then go to somewhere where it's like you are having to cover everything from sample room to invoicing to purchase orders to actually going out and doing presentations <laughs> to marketing social media website like every, like every aspect yeah that is, design studio mm-hmm. very intense which is a lot i think the pros and cons of that the, the pros are you get to try a bit of everything mm-hmm. and then the cons are you need to do a bit of everything <laughs> <laughs> so it's like yeah yeah it's, it's um great experience Great for your CV because obviously you're trying. You can be like, "Yep, yeah, I've done social media. Yeah, sure, I've done Mailchimp and I've done website and I've done all of this stuff." Jack of all trades. Jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. Master of one or two. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel as well. Yeah. But um, so you you said presentations. What kind of presentations did you have to do? Oh God! So I was basically like a traveling, honestly, <laughs> the traveling sales rep. As well as everything else. As well yeah, as, yeah, yeah. Sort of, yeah, as well as, you know, studio manager. Perfect. So <laughs> add that in. So basically what that entailed was I would cold call people and try and get meetings with their design teams mm-hmm. so that I could go and show them, like do basically a bit of a brand presentation and show them samples mm-hmm. from um, like new collections or whatever and see if they wanted to work with us. Um, most of the time, like when I first started doing that, most of the time... I would go somewhere, the designer that I was in contact with over like email or who had phoned would come out and we'd have a bit of an informal chat and mm-hmm. I would just show them bits and bobs. And yeah. Like, do you like any of this? Mm-hmm. Do you want some? Yeah. Um, you want some? <laughs> um, so that was fine. I was like, and 
when I first did it, I was really worried about it, and I was like, oh god, I don't know if I, I mean I'm just not a salesperson at all. I don't yeah. know that. I experience. Don't yeah, experience. Yeah. Uh huh. Sales is solid it's, as well. It's so hard. And it's a very particular type of person that thrives in that environment. And Absolutely. I'm just a behind the scenes kind of gal. Um, <laughs> I can relate. But yeah, so for the first few ones it was kind of like these one-to-one informal chats and then I kind of built it up in my head and I was like, do you know what? I think I can do this. Like, I'm just going in mm-hmm. and I'm just talking about the brand for a bit and I'm showing them some samples and we're just having a bit of an informal chat. Mm-hmm. So that was fine. And then I booked a trip to Dundee to do um, more meetings and I booked, um, <laughs> I booked a meeting with this architectural firm mm-hmm. And I was to go in and I thought it was going to be, again, I'm going to go in, I'm going to meet the designer, pull out a couple of samples, be like, do you like any of this for your projects kind of thing? Yeah. What it really was, (laughs) when I got there, I was like, let's just say she was called Amanda. I was like, right, so I'm I'm here to see Amanda just to show her a couple of samples. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, yes, Amanda and her team will be right with you. Oh, and I was like, uh-huh. all right, yeah, the team. And in my head, I'm like, maybe one or two mm-hmm. other people. That's fine. You can deal with that. Um, and oh, then no. Amanda comes over. She's like so polished, this chic woman that's obviously been in the business for like years. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, Fiona, like, so you're here to do the presentation. And I was like, yeah, I think so. I'm and sorry, then... but my stomach could have fallen out my arse. No, and then it gets worse. <laughs> um, oh, God. It gets worse. So... She was like, yep, yeah, so I'll just, I'll just tell the team and then you can set up over here. Do you need the projector? And I was like, I've literally got a printed out booklet. No. Some price lists and maybe one or two samples. And I was like... Oh my God. I had God. this And I was like trying to unpack my suitcase with all my stuff in it. And I was like, oh my God, this is so intense. So then Amanda <laughs> goes to get her team. And I'm not joking, the entire office stood up like, and starts walking over and forms a semicircle in the middle of the room and, like, <laughs> and I was like at this point I'm like could I run away yeah like I can say, I leave oh, I just need to get you know get something from my car I don't have a car and run away <laughs> yeah like I was like I don't know if I can do this and then they form a semicircle and then she's like right Fiona on you go with your presentation what did you do absolutely winged it well like, done winged it. well I, done I had to I was like I don't know what else to do. Like, I, it was kind of fight or flight. And I was totally. like, I just need to get it done. I um, need to get through it. Um, but it was so awkward because at the end, she was like, oh, so um, basically I had printed out like enough price lists for like one person from each farm because I was going to leave them with a price list. Yeah. She like took the entire thing and was like, oh, these are great. Thank you. I'll just give them out to my team. So that was like all my price lists gone. And did you have other like... Nope. oh my god and you had other appointments to go to as well oh my god that's so stressful and i was like like, can i just keep one (laughs) that would be great oh my god and was that like a lack of communication was that you just not getting told that you were supposed to do a presentation or was that that put on you i think in the from what i gather now like at terminus when the sales team go out and do presentations it is like a formal presentation they have like a whole powerpoint or like equivalent, they've got professional hangers. They've sure. got an actual sales kit, and they're like taking that out and but like you, showing it. You were not but given like, that. I was just kind of, I'm, and it's probably naivety as well because I was just quite new and like, mm-hmm. 
I mean, this was like one of my first like big girl jobs. Yeah, so yeah. I just I just didn't know that that sure. was the etiquette that we had to have a PowerPoint. But also, where you weren't instructed. No. Of that. So how are you supposed to know? No. If you I don't know, you don't know. <laughs> I learned very quickly. That yeah. That expectation. And then in the next meetings, I made sure I took like an iPad and I had like stuff to at least like sure. go through digitally so that I had more, more to show. Um, but wow. That, that was like my first kind of in at the deep end experiences. And then things like that happened again i mean when i went down to london and stuff like that for meetings sometimes it'd be like again you're just meeting having an informal chat with a really nice designer that just wants to see samples yeah and then other times it'd be quite like a like a very prestigious you know like architectural firm and like you know they're expecting a sales rep to come yeah. and like do this like polished presentation and then it's just me like hello <laughs> <laughs> i know like, i do everything <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. so well, well done for getting through that. It was utter madness. Um, yeah. Well, I feel like I did wing it and I feel like it wasn't a complete disaster. I think I managed to, some were better than others. Um, sometimes it worked. Sometimes I'd come out and be like, oh my God, what was that? Like, mm. Absolutely. But you said it's character building. Character building, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, stand you in good stead for um, embarrassing yourself in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you can thick skin. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Skin, that thick skin. Yeah, so you're saying you're doing a little bit of literally everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and those types of roles, I've been in those types of positions before. It yeah. can be really overwhelming yeah. and can get quite intense. Um, how did you find that? It You kind of get to a bit of a breaking point, I feel. Yeah, so I think it's a bit of both. It's a bit of both because there are definitely working environments where... There's very high expectations and mental workloads mm-hmm. and maybe not enough support. Um, but I think there also needs to be personal accountability because some it, it is that kind of way where it's like, am I putting all this pressure on myself and am I setting a precedent that I'm going to overwork and I'm going to go home and do extra work? That's such a good thing. point. Yeah. Um, and it's like, if I do that, like say I work an extra hour every night, that is what my employers are going to expect. Absolutely. That's the time frame that they expect me to do things in because they have nothing else to match it to. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be like, oh, well, she did it in a day before so she can do it in a day again. And I'm so just going to promise that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's something that I became aware of. Um, it just comes with age and experience, I think. Yeah. Because when you're a junior, you're just so... Eager. Eager to please. You feel a bit, um, you don't feel very confident in the in the position because you've not kind of um, grown into it yet. And mm-hmm. you're like, am I doing something wrong? Should I be doing extra work to catch up? Mm-hmm. Even though, but you know, so you kind of need to take that into consideration and be like, is it me? Am I putting all this pressure on myself? Or is what is being expected of me at work unrealistic and I need to have a word with them about it? Yeah. I think if you don't speak about it and you suffer in silence then you've only kind of got yourself to blame because you're yeah. setting that person. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you're really eager, you want to impress, you want to do good, but then within that, boundaries just get blurred. Mm-hmm. And I totally can relate to that as well from, like, previous jobs. Um, yeah, but I think... It's when, difficult. When, like, as I say, age and experience, mm-hmm. when you are a bit more established and you are a bit more confident in your skill sets and things like that, Yeah, 
I feel like you know how long things take because you've got experience to fall back on. It's mm-hmm. like, well, I did that in maybe like three days before. Maybe I could push it to two and a half days, but I'm not going to say I can do it in one day and then stress myself out and work until crazy hours mm-hmm. at home trying yeah. to do it. Um, but I think, yeah, you need to be a bit transparent with your, your boss or whoever it is, even if it's yourself and you're overworking yourself. Yeah. I think you just need to have that transparency of being like, look, this is my workload. I'm really going to try and prioritise the main things that need done, mm-hmm. but this stuff might need to wait or I might need to do overtime to catch up with it. And, you know... If you have to pay me for that. <laughs> yeah. I'm compensated for that. So it's yeah. Like, it's finding that balance of like realizing within yourself if you're just overworking yourself and suffering in silence or yeah. if that is the expectation of the job and in which case you probably need to reassess where you want to no, be. I think that's such yeah. a good point to bring up for sure and I don't know if you've seen um I don't know if you're like to go on TikTok but are you not I'm such a TikToker it's very addictive <laughs> but there, I've seen a lot of um kind of uh accounts where they almost teach you how to set boundaries in workplaces mm-hmm. and how to draw lines and how to have these co- difficult conversations yeah and i think that's difficult. yeah it is and um you're not really taught about it no and, experience and yeah to like you know do all that you mm-hmm. know you, it's not until you overwork yourself to the point of like burning yourself out totally that you realize like oh god but i actually do need to set boundaries because this is ridiculous i can't be working late at night every single uh-huh. night and like, i think it's a big issue with millennials in yes. general because the younger generation we are just want approval. <laughs> we just yeah we just want to be accepted yeah. and approved are we doing a good job? yeah we yeah. just want to be told that everything's okay but the younger generation are starting to be a bit more like well i'm not going to work overtime unless i'm going to get paid for it and i'm not going to yeah which i'm Ballsy. really glad <laughs> i'm glad that that's like coming into 100%. it they're setting it for us I'm yeah like, thank you yeah thank you because <laughs> we've been fucking put through it <laughs> like just worked into the ground yeah, yeah so think, such a know, good point yeah it is it's both sides employer and employee yeah weigh it up mm-hmm. yeah figure it out so you were in that position for how long couple years, Two years. yeah yeah and was it over covid during COVID, um, that was quite intense. Yeah. Um, purely because the, the the place that I was working didn't want to put me on furlough. They wanted me to continue working. Mm-hmm. I think um, there was positive reasoning behind that. I think they thought, like, oh, COVID's very grim. Nobody's doing anything. It'll at least give you a bit of structure and a bit of routine. And, I was the same. And, yeah. you know, you can, you can at least work while this is all happening. Mm-hmm. But I think... And I think for a lot of people, um, the bad thing about that was because nothing was going on, nobody was going out, everything was shut, it, it, it was both the employer and the employee were maybe like, well, what else are you doing? You could just finish that. Do you know what I mean? Right. Even though it's... it's so, like, you've got no social life right now, yeah, like, so... Nothing, you're just going to sit and watch the telly, so you might as well just finish this. And then it's, like, for yourself as well, like, you might think that, you might be like, oh, I'll just get this work done, because what else am I going to do? Um, mm. I'm just sitting doing nothing. It kind of sets you up for, like, yeah. exactly what you were saying, those, like, boundaries being crossed. But essentially, I had to take the full of sample rooms, so, like, hundreds and hundreds of metres of fabric hundreds of rolls of wallpapers to my one bedroom tenement flat right oh my god and there was just no separation because there was stuff everywhere it was all over my living room it was in the hall it was in my bedroom it was just like crazy apart from the kitchen why couldn't you work in the studio 
I could have done, but it was at that point where you weren't allowed to leave your house unless it was like one hour of exercise or something like that. And then I was getting public transport, which mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I don't really want, want to. to fair. Yeah, yeah, fair. So I did it for a bit and then it got to that kind of scary point where it was like, obviously mm. on the telly was like really horrible news. And I was like, well, I just want to stay inside. Yeah. So I think the compromise was, oh, well, you could take that back to your flat and you could do it from there. Mm-hmm. But that just was not sustainable. It was just like waking up and being like, I want rid of this stuff out of my house. Oh my God. I can't look at it anymore. And you yeah. Know, the weekends, because you're not going out, you're just staring at it like should i do it i don't know (laughs) so it was i think boundaries especially during covid i think maybe there was some boundaries that got blurred but i think that's with every work because oh absolutely it was a learning curve for everyone it was yeah i mean we were i had to work for it as well and um and it was uh, literally through the time when you weren't supposed to leave your house and I was having to go into town and go to the shop and work and I would be walking along Princess Street, the only person on Princess Street. It was was wild. It was wild and it was really surreal. And I was like, it was when um, you were only, it was like, what was it? uh, What was like the the words they used? Like, um, essential workers essential workers yeah it was like only essential workers were allowed to go to work yeah, and I'm like I out but said I was an essential worker I'll work at a text <laughs> what was it? we didn't I... have a printout but I was the same I was like we're just selling clothes to people like why this isn't essential work no, and I'm we... not a nurse I'm not a doctor I'm literally not lives. saving lives yeah. here and potentially harming lives yeah. do you know what I mean sweet we had to um hand deliver packages to people's houses because oh. um everything was closed and uh, people were still ordering stuff yeah so we'd have to like go and these are all like our our like demographic was like older women i'm like these They're are the shielded. vulnerable yeah, yeah. Felt, a bit wrong, yeah. felt a bit wrong um it was a weird time though eh? and so what was the point that you left that job so i basically i felt like i'd got to a good point with it where i'd got a lot of experience in different areas yeah you'd completed it i completed it mate. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I just want to maybe go back and explore fashion a bit more because mm-hmm. I felt like I had unfinished business. Sure. With that, and I thought maybe you know I'll pick up where I left off from Wilson's. Yeah. Um, with this new confidence and new skill sets that I've learned yeah. from these few years at this job. So I, a couple of girls that I worked with uh, at Wilson's, they mentioned that they were looking for a kidswear designer um, at another company in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. So I was like, why not? I could, I fancy a bit of a change. I could dip You've done kids, wear before. I've done kids wear before. Yeah, I could dip back into it. Uh-huh. It was really good, and I actually did really enjoy working there. Again, design team were absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, learned loads from them. Got to go to London and do like a competitive shopping trip, which was so much fun. Um, yeah. basically. What? So basically, What's that? <laughs> basically um, when you work somewhere that's um, more fast fashion, for mm-hmm. instance, Primark and Duns. And yes, that, yes. A lot of the time they take heavy, heavy inspiration <laughs> from God. places like Zara, Arquette, you know, yep. um, and other stories. But, you know, the, the children's wear that's a bit more premium, they'll go and buy <laughs> samples of them and essentially send them to factories and be like... And copy them. Well, yeah. <laughs> Can you produce this? But you would send them CADs of a, a diluted version sure or like maybe put a twist on slight it. alterations so copyright yeah it would maybe be like for fabric reference it'd be like this is a really lovely fabric what can you source for half the price sure pre yeah 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 um so you would go down to london it would be like non-stop shopping you'd get up as soon as the shops opened and then you'd finish about seven at night and go for dinner 
That and does sound fun. You just got to buy stuff. It was, it was fun. It was really fun. But um, and and people. I mean, I didn't work there for long, but people get to go to Amsterdam there um, for for like sourcing and denim and stuff like that for sourcing. Mm-hmm. Um, people get to go to Barcelona. People, you know, you, and even like Tokyo and things like that. People go all over the place. So it's competitive shopping. Really, loads of opportunities within uh, that sort of industry for travel. Uh, but yeah, I got to go down to London and it does sound very fun, but um, funnily enough, people that own the shops don't really like you taking hundreds of photos of their stuff. No. So you get a lot of like, get out. Like, yeah. <laughs> getting tucked out of Zara. Um, Same. I used to have to like, do well, that. I'm buying all of this. Yeah. Like, yeah, but you're going to copy that. Like, no, yeah, I know who you work no, for. No, I know. Um, so it was a lot of that. I had to do that at Harvey Nicks and one of my jobs I had to yeah. go to Harvey Nicks and take pictures of all the labels for yeah, inspirations. For inspiration. You feel so dodgy though. (laughs) Such a thief. Yeah. Don't look at me. (laughs) It's hard. It's it's not, but I mean, it's common practice. That's what everyone does. Yeah. Everyone copies everyone. Zara copies the runways and then that trickles down. And just gets filtered down. Zara. So. Back to the uh, Devil's Wear Prada quote. Yeah. It's a great quote. Yeah. Um, So that is kind of how, how you do it. But. The, the glamour aspect, um, when you, you think about it, you're like, oh, I'm just walking about shopping. But in reality, you've got like whole dolls that you're lugging around with you, just full. In London. Full, in London yeah. Full of samples, full of clothes. Um, and it is quite, and I mean, you're on your feet all day. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's hard work. It's of like, course, like, it's so hard work. It's such hard work. <laughs> no, um, it, no, it, but it is. But actually, I mean, it's quite physically demanding. Yeah, it's exhausting. Um, I only did it once and I was came back knackered. So <laughs> I can't imagine the people that need to go to Tokyo and all their shots. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but that was, that was quite fun. But um, basically, what happened there was. A job came up at Timorous Beasties. Mm. It was an artwork assistant job. It was somewhere that I'd always wanted to work. Mm-hmm. And I'd only been working with this company for like seven or eight months. And I was like, oh God, I don't know if I can apply to another. That's a bit cheeky. Like I've not even been here that long. Yeah, yeah. But then I'd spoken to a few people about it and they were like, yeah, but that's a dream job. And yeah. It's once, it's once Gotta in go a for lifetime. It. Like, they have such a small design team. Those positions are really few and far between. So you need to just apply. And I was like, right, fine, I'll apply, but I'm definitely not going to get it, so it's fine. Um, so I applied and then got an interview. And honestly, it was one of the best interviews I ever had. It yeah. went so well. And I was like, oh, God, I think I've gone. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, realisation. to tell them. Uh-huh. Um, so I ended up leaving after about seven or eight months to go to Timorous. Mm-hmm. It was for good reason because... Well, it was you your know, dream job, like you said. Yeah, exactly. So I, th- I did feel... Amazing really opportunity. Bad, really bad at the time because it was such a small, like, intimate design team and they were already quite understaffed. And I was like, oh, no, I'm so but sorry. But that's not your responsibility no. as well. But, but I, also, I know, I feel I feel you, but... Also, I um, got COVID in my notice period. Oh, no. <laughs> Like BRB, you got COVID. See is never. Which was, I was so determined that I didn't want to leave them in the shit that I got them to um, taxi a laptop to my house and I worked from my bed while I had COVID to get stuff done. Because I, nice. I felt too bad. Yeah. But it was more for the, the designers because sure. a lot of them were going to get have to get past my work to then do. And I was like, oh my God, I can't leave you with all that. So yeah. I'm sitting. And it was like OG COVID that wasn't like your Omicron. <laughs> like, <laughs> Delta, like I'm, I'm signed. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah. yeah. Totally, oh well, so. well, good for you. But it was um, getting through it. Yeah, I felt really. I, I did feel bad, but oh. it's you know, well, dream job. You need to be a bit selfish. Like, yeah, you know. this happens. And just for anybody that doesn't know, Timorous Beasties is a is a very established interior design company. They're obviously Scottish and yeah. based in Glasgow. Um, we did modules well we learned yeah, about them I mean, at the uni mo- the twelve module was very be- based on yeah. timmer's beastie and I-, I remember they actually came to my college oh, did and did like a presentation oh, nice. i think i'm well, pretty both, sure both of them i think so oh, yeah. i i mean it's a long time ago now but yeah um yes. but i think so they're well they're a, definitely a company in the textile world that people tend to know about especially, like they're especially in scotland especially in scotland yeah. they're the the big guys for it and yeah. so incredible that you got a job with them and oh, i was so chuffed yeah i, I bet honestly over the moon but then i just I, but then i had covid so as <laughs> <laughs> over the moon as i could be sure COVID, sure yeah. um and then so you're and you're still there today yeah so i've been there for two and a half years now. uh-huh um, I started off as artwork assistant, which is more of a job, and then that's progressed over the years into sort of design coordinator, and I'm more involved in the custom projects, and uh, do a lot of the graphic design for the branded collateral, and get to do a lot of the, the actual branding and the brand identity stuff as well. Yeah, really fun. Um, Amazing. It's kind of what I enjoy doing. Like all of the, the sort of layout stuff and, and getting to see something through to final product. It's yeah. Like, it's quite rewarding. So it's I, a small team as well. Very small. Yeah. Well, I say very small, but it's um, up in the studio, there's six of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all amazing. They're really great to work with. It's such a mix of different uh, backgrounds and experiences. Um, and it's just, it's really, it's really good for bouncing ideas off um, yeah. and collaborating and stuff. Yeah. And they've got their big print studio. Um, downstairs, yeah. Big so print rooms. Basically, yeah, we work on the top floor in the design studio and then down a floor, it's the, the print room and it's like probably, I think it's maybe one of the last textile studios that um, do a lot of hand printing. Of yeah, I can imagine. Product. Mm-hmm. I think it is kind of dying out, but... Mm-hmm. It's very integral to the brand and yeah. their roots of how they started as a company. Like they, when they first started in the nineties, they had a very small kind of makeshift studio in a abandoned church in Mary Hill. Right. And then they just kind of grew and, and, and developed since that. So I think screen print's always been really important to the brand. Yeah. Um, it's what they're like known for. What like known yeah, for, for sure. It's it is amazing that they've kept it going for so long and that you can say to people like this wallpaper was printed downstairs by two technicians and yeah. it designed upstairs and then taken downstairs and printed out and now you have it on your walls like it's just very in-house very cool your designs and everything it's all very interesting and like it's quite sub- subversive is that the word um irreverent yeah like yeah tongue and cheek yeah because that um, was the with the twelves, like the glasgow twal and stuff like i remember like, that it's yeah it's got like drug users and yeah like, all, all sorts it's a good it. perspective like yeah. it's like the reality of living in glasgow but drawn in a really pretty sort of old twelve de jour yeah yeah tricks you I think they were the first i mean i don't want to say that they were the first but i feel like they were one of the first people to do it in that way uh-huh. and do sort of scenics of specific cities yeah um, well with like a kind of like underlying message underlying message mm-hmm. yeah so um, you you'll see it on a wall and you can be like oh that's beautiful and then when you actually look you into actually it you're like it. oh that's yeah. like yeah drug users on or whatever whatever yeah, it is yeah I, but that was good as well in the early days i think for press as well yes so you know well it's no very such thing as bad press so well yeah hate it and be like 
oh, why are you putting that on a wallpaper? But to them, it's like, well, that's a brand. That's yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, it creates conversations, it which is never like a bad starter. thing. Yeah, yeah totally. ab- absolutely. And and obviously, Timber's Beast Day is luxury level. Yes. Um, interiors, high, high end, high quality. Yeah, but it's 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 luxury product, but it's it's worth that yes oh like you so said screen printing the creative directors still draw everything themselves wow um mm-hmm. which is kind of unheard of as well for a design team usually it would be like a, a, the design team would maybe be doing some drawings or like they'd be hiring freelancers but sure. it's all still drawn and co- like the concepts are all done by the creative directors mm-hmm. and then my role and another uh, women that I work with, we are on the design team and we sort of take those drawings and illustrations and develop them into repeats and then right. from there you can develop that into product or for custom projects. And yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. The price is reflected by the obviously the yeah. work and the value for money. Yeah, the quality and yeah, everything. Exactly. And just because you've obviously worked in fast fashion and then you've worked in the higher end market like mm. what what do you find is like the biggest difference or the pro and con to seeing both sides of yes that um, industry i think the pace is obviously very different yeah like fashion particularly fast fashion you're like sort of churning out collections <laughs> seasonally yeah whereas um interiors and particularly i mean there is seasonality in interiors but with timorous it's more creating something that stands the test of time and is going to last and it's not just a fad or a trend it's not like because some of their uh, best-selling designs have been going since the 90s so i think it is a, a, about pace and that sort of handcrafted element that comes with that mm-hmm. we're, <laughs> we're, we're almost done obviously fast fashion's more about the, their priorities is price point and yeah and everything on a budget whereas in luxury interiors particularly what matters to them more is quality and uh, design integrity and making things that they want to stand behind and be like yep that's our design that's our brand yeah whereas fast fashion i think the designers and the designs that they produce are beautiful and things like that and but it's just getting it for that budget price point like you could design something beautiful and it's like that's really nice, but we need to take all the trims off. And just yeah, yeah, and it needs clean. to be made from this instead uh, of this. Like you'll pick a really, lo- you'll source and pick a really lovely like jersey or something like that, and they'll be like, "That's really nice," but yeah, we're just gonna go back to. Yeah, you're like, can we use this like organic this cotton? Organic. They're like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. I'm assuming prefer working in the kind of slower pace luxury oh, yeah. environment. Yeah, um, it's, absolutely, it, I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's really good, and it's more. It is more rewarding in a way because it's not just something that you're designing that's going to be in shops one week and then we move on to something else yeah it's a wallpaper that you've helped develop for a custom project and then you can go into that restaurant and see it and be like that's the that's that's amazing yeah it's like it, it feels more rewarding in that sense like you said, it's standing the test of time and making things that aren't seasonal. Yes. It's and it's the same of luxury fashion as well. Yeah. It's like you're paying for the quality, but it's going to last you forever. Mm-hmm. It's like statement pieces and all that stuff. Yeah. If you want a statement wall of yeah. Timur's Beasties wallpaper, that's going to be there for the next like 10, 15 years or because something. You, yeah, because you've spent that money and you've invested in it. Yeah. So you are going to have it for years. You're not going to be like, oh, I'm bored of that now. Well, maybe you are if you've got that much money. But you know, we sometimes do sample sales of discontinued fabrics all the money which i've never heard of any company doing this essentially all the money goes to charity really yeah good for them we did that's amazing um, not that long ago 
maybe a year ago and we raised so much money for it was like 20 grand I remember you advertising because I really wanted to come and then I wasn't able to for whatever reason but um that's amazing refugee the Trussell Trussell Trust and then I think it was a a disasters emergencies charity for Ukraine or something like that amazing it was maybe like 20 or 30k just from a weekend of getting rid of that's insane which was amazing yeah it was so good yeah, well, it shows the following behind the brand as well. Um, people showing up for that. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you've got, there's a shop in Glasgow, right? Like a showroom. Yeah, there's there's three showrooms. Oh, is there? And there's a fourth coming. Um, the, so there's Glasgow, there's London, and there's Berlin. Amazing. Are you going to get to go to Berlin? I went to, so I got to go to Berlin. It was actually after me and I got married. Um, mm-hmm. I was on annual leave and then it was like the week I was due back. Um, my manager was like, oh, someone from the sales team can't make this trip and I need someone to help set up. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a, we were launching new rugs um, and they were doing up all the, studio, uh, the showroom space and they were having this event and mm-hmm. they were like, oh, I need another pair of hands. Do you want to come to Berlin? I was like, do I want to come to Berlin? <laughs> Don't need to ask yeah, me twice. Um, so it was great. It was good, it was good fun. Amazing. Um, we got to go to, uh, it was like this event. It's almost like a pop-up trade show. Um, it was quite corporate to be fair, but we, we got to do that. I did that with the showroom manager at Berlin and then we had like a, a party slash launch soft launch of these uh, rugs at, at the showroom and it was it was really good amazing is there anything coming up that, that you're excited for um, within the what am I working on just now uh, we've got one that's in Dubai uh, for this big uh, client and we're doing a completely bespoke wallpaper and it's more of a scenic design but it's all quite specific made to measure panels so I work with the creative director who obviously comes up with all the imagery and draws it all and passes that on and then uh, we make that together into the print and then I would take that print and pop it into the elevations and make sure it's all going to fit see how much we need to print and how much bleed we need and how you know how it's all going to look within the space Mm So I would draw that up and then I would send that on to the sales team who then pass that to the client and um, they approve it. And then I would go ahead and send that to the manufacturers, get it printed up mm-hmm. um, and get it sent to them. So that's kind of how that usually works. Some are more complicated than others. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked on one before for uh, this big, it was like a private residential customer in California who uh, building a cinema room. Wow. Um, God, you must get some rich clients. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But they were building a cinema room and they wanted, it was basically like a continuous floral design that flowed all the way around the room. Wow. Uh, But there was so much to consider because it's a cinema room, there's speakers within the walls. Mm -hmm. So they had to do it as upholstered fabric panels. Mm. And it was a really specific fabric that we had to source because you need to make sure the sound waves can pass through, otherwise you're just going to muffle your speakers. So there was that, and then the actual design itself, it was split across 26 panels, but they were all different and they all had to slot together like a jigsaw. Mm-hmm. But then you had to leave a certain amount of bleed to like wrap around each panel, sure. but then make sure it was still joining at the exact point. So that was very complicated. Um, yeah. And sometimes the thing with private residential is you don't ever get to see photos of the finished thing because they're just like, no, it's my house. Like, uh, I guess, to, yeah, yeah. Enough, yeah. You know, just don't want to show you. Whereas 
I think it's always fun when you do something that's more for a hotel or something uh, within the public sphere because then you, you can, can see, go see it you can see the physical end result and yeah like, oh my god I helped do that but yeah sometimes with private it's just like oh well no oh. it must feel quite rewarding though when you do get to see the finished product oh, and yeah definitely yeah. it is good fun it is good fun oh well I think we've pretty much covered everything. Yeah. <laughs> Your life. Is there any advice you'd give to anybody that would maybe want to go into a similar field that you're in? Um, um, I think, well, I kind of, the point, I suppose the point about me applying for a senior position when I was straight out of uni. Yeah. Like, don't be afraid to like put yourself out there. And even if something, you don't tick every single box of something, uh, I think when you're going for jobs, it's 70% your skill sets and 30% whether you're going to fit in with the team or not. Yeah, anyway. yeah, totally. So, like, you could go to the interview and they could be like, oh my God, she's such an amazing fit for this team. And then they could get you a position or they could make it work. So I think always uh, just try, just put yourself out there um, and yeah, keep at it. <laughs> yeah, the worst that can happen is they say no. Exactly. But, you know, No, no one's going to die no, nothing bad's gonna nothing happen bad, bad, you can keep going with your life they could be like what an absolute chance or <laughs> not a chance away. but you know they might turn in and be like sure we'll you know we like you as a person like and we want to help develop you or like whatever it is so yeah i think that's a really good point yeah. um and thank you so much thank you so Aww. much for coming on thank and chatting <laughs> <laughs> and um uh, yeah we'll finish up the ep so thanks everybody i'll put a link to you and timmer's beastie and all that and sure. into the into the bio so people can have a look if anyone doesn't know the brand um as we've discussed it's a brilliant brand so um and yeah that's everything so thanks so much bye <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Don't Panic podcast. If you enjoyed it, please don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. Also be sure to check out the description for quick links to connect with our amazing guests, show them some love, give them a follow and explore their work. Once again, thank you so much. Your support means the world. And until next week, don't panic. We'll see you again.